Welcome to the Jazz Shapers podcast from Mishkondorea. What you're about to hear was originally broadcast on Jazz FM. However, the music has been cut or shortened due to rights issues. This is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening colour in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Welcome to Jazz Shapers, where the shapers of business join the shapers of jazz, soul and blues. I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you so much for joining us. My guest today, I'm very pleased to say, is Joanna de Noronha. I hope I've said that properly. Co-founder, partner and commercial director at fashion brand Borgo de Nor. 13 years ago, Joanna worked for the Belgian fashion designer Diane von Furstenberg, one of my wife's favourites, where she says, with no fashion experience and no knowledge of fashion, my boss-to-be still thought I was worth a try. She became their international sales manager and later worked for Heidi Klein, and in 2013 founded Barefoot Chic, a London fashion showroom and consultancy specialising in designer resort wear. Borgo de Nord was founded in 2016 by Joanna and her partner Carmen Borgonovo when they saw, as they call it, a gap in the market for feel-good dresses that can transition from the city to the holiday. The brand reflects their eclectic upbringings, Joanna's Portugal and Rio de Janeiro, Carmen El Salvador and Miami, and each dress is named after fictional or real women, including artist Lenora Carrington, writer Zelda Fitzgerald and dance pioneer Loie Fuller. It's really nice to have you here. Hello. Hello. Um, Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. You're wearing one of your own creations. I am indeed. Which, of course, you would do. I mean, it's a bit like if I was a fashion (laughs) brand person, I would also be wearing my own clothes, but I don't have that um, in in my back catalogue yet. Tell me about this dress, as I'm looking at the dress, but tell me about why you created your own label and why this kind of style. Well, I think that both Carmen, my partner, and I wanted to create a label that we wanted to wear. And even though Carmen and I have very different styles, we did sort of found a middle way where we both felt like we loved to wear certain kinds of prints and uh, that we are very much the same woman in a way. So we are women that are fearless, that are not scared of making a statement, of walking into a room and being noticed. And also, and most importantly, we love to wear things that we feel comfortable in, uh, but still feel pretty. So I think that was the basis to this idea that was born about two years ago. And uh, we got really excited. And we I think both our inputs and our experiences uh, led us to where we are now. Now, for those people that don't know, although I'm assuming there are some people in the know, this brand has been given the um, you've got to you've got to got to watch out for it in 2019. This is going to be one of those under the radar that that hits. I certainly uh, hope so. Melania Trump wears you. Apparently, Kylie Minogue that's, wears you, and there's probably true. quite so. There's a lot of famous fans, which must feel. Uh, and quite funnily nice. enough, all those fa- fans were pretty organic. This sort of happened without us knowing. They actually went and bought the brand. It wasn't through gifting or any PR. Mm. Um, so that's double the compliment, I suppose. I remember specifically when Melania Trump wore it. We It was a Saturday and a friend of ours was watching CNN Live and captured the image because she was literally live on TV uh, boarding a, a, a plane in Hawaii. And uh, and then Carmen just sent it to me. And it was such a, I, I mean, I don't know, we were excited, obviously, to have these high profile people yeah. wearing our brand. And then Kylie, again, she wore that dress, uh, which looked amazing on her. And um, it was all over the news. I mean, I think it was the Sun that had like the 10 page uh, coverage with her wearing the dress in every single angle. So it was just 
really wonderful. We've had quite a few of these. Erin Lauder is a big fan of our brand and she also carries it in her store. There have been Marie Chantal of Greece. I mean, there, we have had quite a lot of people very high profile uh, posting and showing up. Yeah. Now, you talked about your description of the kind of um, woman that you want to um, appeal to and they're very much coming from you and Carmen's own feelings and, and sense of what the world is about, fearlessness and free-spiritedness and all that. It's one thing having those ideas about what a woman should be like and it's another thing setting up a fashion brand we can all have feelings about what women should be like or what men should be Very like and true. so on what tipped you both over into actually establishing your own business uh, well it's funny you you mentioned that because we we were we had a meeting recently with the british fashion council who who brought that up actually and said that we were one of the brands um one of the few brands that they knew that had done so well both on from a commercial uh, and business point of view, as well as you know, creative. So usually, you know, you you set out to to launch a brand, and you've got all these crazy ideas, and you want to design and do something amazing and beautiful. But you not always have that business and commercial sense. And we can't forget that this is a business, indeed. And um, and I think that that um, has always been present. So both Carmen and I had it easier, if you could say it that way, because we we worked in the industry and our skills and experience sort of complemented each other. So it was easy to set up. And, and we're both very, we're, we're self-starters. We're very, I always tell my kids, uh, reach for the stars. Nothing is impossible. So I think you just go, we're go-getters. We go and get it. And so we did. And I think, um, you know, the company's been profitable from year one. It's been an incredible, I mean, everyone that has sat with us and gone through our business plan and, and numbers and everything has been incredibly um, impressed with with how well we've done in so little time. So knock on wood, that will keep being the case. I'm sure it will. So for much more from my business shaper, that's Joanna de Noronha. She's the co-founder and partner and commercial director at the fashion brand Borgo de Nord. Time for some more music right now, though. It's George Duke with uh, aptly Reach For It. That's right, baby. Oh, y'all are walking on over to the bridge with Because I'm going to take you to the water and make you drink. Party, baby. Cause the funk show will make a stink. Say what? Yeah. If you let the funk hit your eye, you're gonna turn into a smile. That was George Duke and Reach for It. I'm with Joanna de Noronha, and she is the co-founder of Borgo de Nord, and they're a fashion brand, and they make really beautiful, powerful-looking dresses, of which I'm lucky enough to be looking at one now that I did go on the website before. I have such fun, you know, because I get to meet all these people that do all these crazy things, different things, and I sort of am a dabbler in all the different worlds of, of business. It, it strikes me that fashion, I've interviewed a few people on this programme before, Ruth Chapman from Matches, Mary Catranzu of her, yes. with her own brand, obviously. You talked about it before, there's this fusion, when it works, between creativity and commerciality. As the two of you came together, was it pretty clear which roles you would be playing? Pretty much, yes. Uh, I think at the beginning we started um, pretty much working on everything together and only recently as the company has been growing and we've been hiring more people have our roles sort of become a little bit more clear because we were wearing a lot of hats at the beginning we wanted to keep the structure lean and be you know and really try and do as much as we could just the two of us and then you know slowly slowly we started growing the team but um now it is definitely very very clear and i've got my team which is mostly sales and you know and ops and a little link to logistics and the business side of things and then carmen is very much in charge of the creative direction of the brand and design so she's got you know design and also production under her 
and now we're launching an e-commerce, our, e- our own e-commerce, um, our own uh, online store at the end of this month. That's something really exciting, and, and that's something that she's been working on for the past mm. few months, so it's a big project. Now, I also recall I interviewed Nicole Fahey last year, obviously the credit director of uh, French Connection, and she said to me when I said something about business, she said, Elliot, I've already told you I'm not a businesswoman. You obviously are a businesswoman. Would Carmen say she's a businesswoman or is Carmen like, excuse me, I'm only creative. Yeah, I think she would probably say that she's. she's <laughs> There's a creative. glint in your eye. Yeah, because I'm imagining that conversation, and and if she was here, she'd she'd probably say no. She's definitely much more artistic and creative mm. than I am. But couldn't do it without you. Because Funnily enough, we're both Libras. But, uh, oh, you're one of those, are you? So, yes. so what is a li- Tell me about the Libras. I never. But we're quite anything. we're quite similar in many things, and I, I suppose our sensitivity and mm. our taste and and the the love for aesthetics and. But but we do we are also very different in our you know and and obviously those roles complement each other at work. Mm. Now you're also a mum, and also I, a mom. I don't know if Carmen is a, is a mum as well. Uh, uh, Carmen is not a mum. It's not a mum. Is it hard juggling? I mean, it sounds an, a, a sort of a trite question on a level, but how do you do it? Because there's people, different schools of thought, especially for women who work. It's a, I think it's a much harder gig. I am one of those people that the more I have to do and the more I've got on my plate, the more I thrive and the more I do. So I actually love being busy much more than not. Um, so I also have the, the showroom and uh, I'm a partner. I've, we've launched this agency, this showroom, uh, multi-brand showroom. So I do have sort of two jobs, now much more Borgo de Nora oriented, um, and then my two children. But they're six and eight, so they're at school most of the day. So it's pretty easy and, and straightforward. But yeah, no, I love it. The more the merrier, the more the better. I'm mm. just very happy with the, with the way my life is at the moment. Stay with me for much more from my business show. Today, that's Joanna de Noronha. Uh, she'll be back in a couple of minutes. But first, we're going to hear from one of our partners in Mishkondorea with some words of advice for your business. Hello, I'm Joe Hancock, head of cyber for Mishkondorea. Cybercrime is a major issue in the UK at the moment. You're more likely to be a victim of cybercrime than you are to be a physical crime. It's an issue that affects all of us both in our personal lives and our professional lives. We see more and more about it in news headlines every day. So how do these cyber attacks happen? Are these actually done by some person wearing a hoodie sat behind a computer somewhere? Does a green skull and crossbones appear flashing on the screen when someone carries out a successful cyber attack? Do you hear the sound of money disappearing from your bank account? Unfortunately, none of these things happen. A successful cyber attack really shows no signs. So what do you do if you think you've been a victim of a cyber attack at home? There's some really good advice actually from Action Fraud, which is to take five and tell two. Take five minutes to think about what's happened. Is this something that's too good to be true? Most cyber attacks delivered towards people rely on pressure. They want you to do something quickly. They really don't want you to think. So just think, is this actually your bank calling you to say that someone's deposited a large amount of money in your account that you can access? Is this really Microsoft ringing you to say there's a problem with your computer and they need to access it remotely? These things sound unbelievable now, but with some high-pressure techniques behind them are unfortunately very successful. So what do you need to do in these circumstances? As I've said, first of all, think. If you're not sure, take some time. Take some time to tell someone and get external advice. This applies as much in our business lives as it does in our personal lives. If you receive an email at work with a suspect attachment, something like an invoice or a random PDF document that you don't recognise, again, speak to a colleague and take some time to think about it. So we work with clients every day to deal with these issues, to help them protect themselves and identify when these problems have happened. If in doubt, it's always best to seek the advice of an expert or external party. 
Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. There are absolutely loads of ways for you to enjoy all our former Jazz Shapers and indeed to hear this programme again too with Joanna. You can ask Alexa to play Jazz Shapers and there you can hear many of the recent programmes. Or if you pop Jazz Shapers into iTunes or your preferred podcast platform, you can enjoy the full archive. But back to today's guest. Uh, she's a co-founder, partner and commercial director at the fashion brand Borgo de Nord. And as we were hearing, Joanna, you would describe yourself more as the, uh, the business person. And if we were to talk to Carmen, she would say she's the creative one. Can I just talk about the skills and, and your your background and how it works? Mm-hmm. You've obviously you've worked in media before. You've worked in the world of fashion. And there was a, a bit about, I think it was DVF, you can tell right. me if I'm wrong, where they took you on but you didn't really have any experience. True. Yeah. Why did they take you on? What did they see in the younger version of you? You know, I think that actually that was a very um, important um, moment in my life where everything sort of turned because of this one person whom I'm still friends with and, and I admire and, and get along and has taught me so much about fashion and the fashion world. She was my boss at Diane von Fürstenberg. Her name is Gabriella. And she she could see outside the box, I suppose. And she said, you know, I, I remember this and I always say it. When she was interviewing me, she said, well, you don't have any fashion experience. I was working four years in a, in a media agency. So in the world of advertising, it's like you obviously don't have any fashion experience, but you're a woman and fashion is not rocket science. So mm-hmm. that's something you learn pretty quickly. And I'm sure it won't be a, you know, a, a hard thing to do. Um, Because you obviously like fashion. So I think she was more interested in the fact that I spoke five languages, that I was, you know, my my sort of social skills and and what was needed for the job, which was a sales job. So obviously she needed somebody with certain uh, characteristics. And I guess she she thought I was a good bet. And what made you want to go into work in the world of fashion? Because if we're, you know, the, the, the cliche about fashion is the devil doesn't wear Prada. You see this whole kind of world of craziness and uh, and emotion and and people kind of look at it from the outside and go, wow, it looks fun. I wouldn't want to do it. You had a different view of the world then. I do. Well, um, and obviously the- you're in it now and you're a proponent and you're a business person in it. So it's obviously a different again. It's true. But at that side of fashion, which is the B2B side, it's wholesale sales. It's mm. not as glamorous as you may think. So, yes, it's definitely more glamorous um, than probably working in media at the time. And I suppose what I wanted was something that was it was people facing and and that I could use my social and communication skills. I could meet people. I could be out there rather than being in an office and um, pretty much on the background. So, mm. and sales, I mean, I didn't know then, but I knew that marketing, PR, communications, anything related to that was my, you know, was what I probably was naturally um, inclined to do and wanted to do and was good at. So, um, so sales seemed to be the nat- natural next step in selling fashion Obviously, it's something that I like, and yeah, so I thought that that would that could work. But it was just an interview like any other. I wasn't specifically looking for a job in fashion. I just thought, yes, that this could be fun. I love the brand, mm. uh, Diane von Fürstenberg is, yeah. and who um, doesn't? I know. <laughs> no, but and especially though, looking non- at the business side of things, I mean, you know what she's achieved and what she's done over the years. I mean, she was an inspiration for sure. Yeah. And um, when I was living in Brazil. Um, and this was a coincidence. I actually met Diane's husband, Egon von Fürstenberg, and had lunch. I had a lunch at his house in Rio. So that was quite glamorous and fun. The, the funny thing is I knew absolutely nothing about fashion until I got married to my wife. Oh, really? And she's a fashionista. <laughs> so I'm like, suddenly I noticed a DVF print and it's a bit it's a bit disconcerting. We're going to pick up on that point. I want to talk about creativity specifically with inside yeah. the Borgo de Nor, um, uh brand and the prints. But first, we're going to have a bit more music. It's George Benson with Moody's Mood for Love. 
That was George Benson with Moody's Mood for Love, and very nice it was too. Joanna De Noronha is my business shaper. We've been talking about uh, a bit of business and a bit of kind of giving it a go and getting in because someone saw something in you that was beyond experience in fashion. But here we are now, a few years later, and you have a number of experience in fashion. You've created your own brand. Tell me about, and you said you're a good salesperson, but we also ascertained that selling is about really loving the thing you sell. Tell me about the inspiration for what I see now and for what the brand stands for in terms of the actual specifics of the print? Because obviously you've got to talk to that every day as you're, as you're trying to sell it. Yes, that's right. And I think going back to what I said about Carmen and I being, you know, the same kind of woman, I think that we are also very inspired by women that are um, equally, you know, independent and fearless. And actually Carmen's main inspiration or the brand's main inspiration are um, surrealist artists and um, to name a few like Leonora Carrington which was one of the first people we look into because it was somebody we really admired her life and, and, and achievements and her personality and how she stood out at that time amongst women in general um, Lee Miller um, so Frida Kahlo so these are just to name a few um, you know uh, surrealist artists that inspire the brand and inspire our prints mm. So all our prints are tailor, tailored to us. They're designed by us, and they're all inspired in surrealism, surrealist artists and the surrealism movement. Mm. And so you will find elements such as lips and, uh, and hands and uh, uh, snakes, you know, and there's always a story to be told behind our prints. So our prints are intellectual. They're not just commercial. And I think that's where you see a difference between other brands uh, that we've mentioned before is that, and, and it looks like the woman that is buying our dresses understands that and mm. sees that nuance and really looks into the print, you know, like the orchids, like this, you know, the, the, the print that I'm wearing today, which is an orchid print um, with a leopard pattern. I mean, there's a story to be told about each and every print of ours. And Leopards so this season. So this I've season. always wanted to say that, by the way, but, <laughs> I, know, but, I, but I also know, joking aside, that it's true. Actually, leopard is an old, it, it's, it's, no, it's, it's timeless, it's timeless I was and say, that's yeah. the beauty of leopard. I have a friend leopard. who only wears leopard. I love a leopard. It goes man, with everything. It kind of does. Oh, yeah. But she's, <laughs> she's obsessed with leopard. I mean, literally, she's been doing that for 30 years. I think that one very important thing to say about our prints, which we've heard a lot in terms of feedback, is a woman that wouldn't, like you just said about uh, your wife, a woman that wouldn't wear a bold and bright print has found herself loving and buying our prints and our dresses. Mm. And I would start as far as, you know, even Carmen, who's who usually wears and dresses quite neutrally, you know, in terms of greys and whites and blacks, she, if if you're going to wear a print, this is the print I'd like to wear. And, and, and we have heard that coming from uh, magazine editors, people in the fashion world that are usually mm. minimalistic and like to wear neutrals or, you know, just more sort of um, directional. But it sounds like, fashion. even though it is intelligent and nuanced and also bold, it sounds like Carmen and you wouldn't have done it any other way. Even if you only sold three items, this is just what you were going to do. Exactly. Is that is that right? I sense that yes. in the sense that, like a surrealist Very artist so. says, you know what, I'm doing this. This is the way I view the world. Yes. This is my interpretation. You don't like it. Well, I don't. I don't really. I don't really not care is the wrong word, but yeah. it's not for you. Absolutely. And luckily, um, 
it seems that we're not the only ones liking it and that we've got quite a big follower. Um, I mean, we've got a great, a great. I don't know if you've noticed what we've launched recently, which is this campaign, uh, blog campaign called Borgo Girls. Yes, I have. And all these influential, amazing exactly. women talking about something. Mean, it's fantastic. So we now have these ambassadors, which are amazing women that, again, inspire us. So going, you know, to our times now, there's tons of women out there that we want to interview and get to know because they inspire us and inspire our work. And, uh, and we want them to be our Borgo Girls. And they are also excited to be be a Borgo girl. So that's become a sort of almost a, an important hashtag and something that we really want to promote and, and develop further. Very good. Stay with me for my final chat with Jana de Noronha. Um, we'll be playing a track from Christian McBride as well. That's all coming up in just a moment. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Christian McBride with the lady in my life, the lady in my studio right now. <laughs> How cheesy is that? It's Joanna de Noronha, and we've been talking about uh, Borgo de Nord and we've been talking about fashion. You make stuff. Mm. right? Before this happened, you were helping other people make stuff. Before right. that, you were helping other people sell stuff. But here you are now. You're officially a creator. Yes. Is that a fabulous feeling? It's a fabulous feeling. I mean, it's incredibly fulfilling and it's... It's also like you, you're in a way you're leaving sort of your mark in this world. There's something that, you know, people are wearing your dresses, your clothes. That's it's yeah, it's incredibly exciting. And uh, and I think I mean, obviously, this was a process. And, you know, I've gone through many steps to get to where I am today. And so is Carmen. And I think it's um, also having been helping other brands get there and understanding the sales and wholesale side of things, now being on the creating and producing our own clothes has also helped me with my other business, which is to understand, you know, the the, the challenges other brands have, like timings for production and, you know, when you, why do you need to have orders in by a certain time? How, how long do you actually need to produce um, the, 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 the product? And, and then, I mean, there's so many elements to it. And, and now actually I have a 360 view whilst before I had a 180. Um, so it's, it's also enabled me to do a better job and, and in servicing the brands that I represent at the showroom. So that's an interesting now, making money, you mentioned earlier, you know, you turned a profit in your first year. In, in terms of um, accumulating wealth, as it were, in terms of kind of making it big, is that something that you pretend you don't think about? Is it something that is just a byproduct of what you're doing? I mean, the numbers have to work, don't no, they? But there is a, there's an opportunity here that this, yes. this, this business could, it is could a business. scale massively. Like we said before, this is a business and obviously we do want to, to, to do well and we want the brand to grow. We've got lots of ideas. We've got a, I mean, a an endless list of things that we want to do and that we are very good at, Carmen and I, in bringing ideas to the table and thinking of ways of how, what's the next step, what's the next category we're going to launch. And there's so many things because now we're looking at it as, you know, it's almost like a lifestyle brand. What does the Borgo girl do? What does she like, um, you know, from being this incredible hostess? Um, I mean, looking at so many different things such as tableware, such as jewellery, what you accessorise your dresses with. So, I mean, there's so much more to come and so much more on the pipeline. It's all very exciting. 
Well, I'm looking forward to seeing all those things. I'm looking forward to eating dinner on a Borgo I table so. one day oh, and maybe looking at the beautiful, both the beautiful lamp in the corner and going, ah, it's a Borgo lamp. Absolutely. Um, good luck with it Hopefully all. Hopefully that'll be. It's been, it's been absolutely lovely Thank meeting you. you. Thank you so uh, much. And chatting. Tell me, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? I mean, I love jazz. always have. I grew up listening to music at home. I've met this incredible person, which I've later found out was somebody known and, and, and acclaimed in the jazz world. Um, I was traveling to Nantes, going to Brittany to spend a week at a friend's house. And um, I was sitting with my son, Constantinos, and I think I was pregnant of my second one, Sebastian. And somebody just before the plane took off asked if she could sit next to us. And I said, well, sure, as long as you don't mind sitting next to a year and a half old, because that's, you know, it's a two hour flight and mm. it might be a little, mm. I can't promise that he will behave. So she was lovely. And turns out she's, she's this American jazz singer. Uh, she's called Stacy Kent. And uh, for those who know her, they probably know that she's also married to Jim Tomlinson, who's quite well known. And uh, so I wasn't familiar with her music, but obviously that was the first thing I did as soon as I got out of the plane was find out who Stacy Kent was. And also found out that she was going to play um, at Ronnie Scott's soon after. So, of course, I booked tickets, went to see her and then went to say hi. And she sings a lot in French. I've done all my schooling in French. So uh, French is like my second language. And she also sings a lot of Bossa Nova tunes, which I love, and Tom Jobim and, and, and uh, Vinicius Jumois. So, you know, it's it's all that I love. It's a, the Brazilian um, Bossa Nova and jazz mixed with her beautiful voice and sometimes sang in French. So, yeah. And this is Les Heures de Mars. Les Heures de Mars, which is the Aguas de Mars. Antonio Carlos Jobim, I think he wrote it in the 70s. Brilliant. And it's been, you know, sung by so many people, Elise Regine and so many other people. And she's done a beautiful interpretation of it and she sings it in French. Un chemin qui chemine, un reste de racine. C'est un peu solitaire, c'est un éclat de verre. C'est la vie, le soleil, c'est l'amant, le sommet. C'est un piège entrouvert, un arbre millénaire, un nœud dans le bois. C'est un chien qui aboie, c'est un oiseau dans l'air. That was Stacey Kent with Les Heures de Mars, the song choice of my business shaper today, Joanna de Noronha. She talked about reaching for the stars and the message that she gives to her children, which is that anything is possible. She talked about the person that hired her on her instinct rather than because she had experience in the fashion business and that sense of looking outside the box and the importance of that. And she talked about loving actually creating something. All really, really good stuff. That's it from Jazz Shapers and me. Have a great weekend. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. We hope you enjoy that edition of Jazz Shapers. You'll find hundreds more guests available for you to listen to in our archive. To find out more, just search Jazz Shapers in iTunes or your favourite podcast platform or head over to mishkon.com forward slash jazz shapers.